Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to The School for Dumb Women, the podcast where we investigate the things you're too proud to admit you know nothing about. I'm your host woman, tween Disney star that everyone but you has heard of, Hannah Varrell. Joining me is obscure politician that makes you feel stupid in Trivial Pursuit, Alexandra Haddo. In 1972, I actually played a pivotal part in making it illegal for battery hens to wear hats, Hannah. And our celebrity bake-off actually just gaslighting us now, TV's own Caroline O'Donoghue. You may not have heard of me, but I'm actually the subject of two online flame wars and one real-life kitchen grease fire. This week, we're slicking about the place with our horrible lizard friends and learning about their close associates, urban climbers. And finally, in our smart lesson, we're going to take a leaf out of the WI's book by learning about how to take up knitting. So, Alex, I saw your subject heading. I'm not sure you can get a full 20 minutes out of the Middleton sisters. Oh, I see what you've done here, Caroline. Um, No, I'm not doing social climbers. I'm doing urban climbers for my segment this week. Oh, I see. (laughs) I thought they were the same. No, although I would pay to see Kate Middleton try and scale the shard. Um, I feel that would be... (laughs) Oh, she's already on top top and spitting down. (laughs) (laughs) She's just... She's just fully lost it, having to be in like a perfect woman cage. And she's just like, fuck this, I'm off to climb the shard. <laughs> With little suction cups. She's had a full breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, Yes, I'm, I'm doing Urban Climbers this week because I fell down a large YouTube hole of uh, watching documentaries about them with our good friend, Roddy Shaw. Who may appear later. Who may appear later. Mm. Uh, and it's basically, I was trying to do a Caroline O'Donoghue, like, why has this become a thing? <laughs> I like how that's the verb of my name now. I'm very flattered. Yeah, Thank you. It's, I was trying to make a, a narrative from it, uh, which you're very, very good at. But um, essentially, I, I don't, I think it's kind of always been there. But now you get these, people are just sort of documenting it now more. Because we were talking, we, we started watching these videos about, um, for some reason, it's always in Eastern Europe. Uh, You know, the guys that sort of they climb completely free of like any safety equipment or anything. They climb sort of cranes and things like this. And then they (gasps) and then they like dangle off the edge of them um, and things like that. Makes you feel sick. And it's, it's actually we were trying to look into whether these people have a fear response in their brain. Like, do you know what I mean? Because their brains must be wired differently that they can just do, they can do that and they've got no regard for because obviously people do fall off right 
Um, yeah. And also, in my extensive research, didn't find one high-profile woman that was climbing. It's always blokes. Um, it's always white uh, blokes as well. It is always white blokes. I noticed that as well. It was always white blokes. Basically, white blokes with too much time on their hands. Yeah. And there's a chip missing somewhere. Because there was a guy, there was a 19-year-old guy not that long ago who did climb the Shard because he wanted to be the first person to do it and the, it was the tallest, it is the tallest building in Europe. And these guys are like, you know, fastidious with their planning. And um, it makes me feel like they would have, they should be utilised somehow. Like, what, like <laughs> weapons, of, weapons of mass destruction. Yeah, because honestly, like the, the planning that goes into it, and they, you know, I've worked in the Shard before um, and the security in there is unbelievable. So like they, these guys managed to get around all this security. They've got definitely got a lot of other skills other than climbing because they can get seemingly anywhere that honestly if you walk into the shard you're just surrounded by about it's like being at an airport there's like mm. 12 security guards anyway i think i think i might have seen the video of the guy that you're talking about was he really? like did he just kind of like crack on and yeah so he <laughs> and everyone was like oh for god's sake yeah they don't it, 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 they're quite kind of like um it's like tunnel vision essentially yeah. but, uh, ironically they would find a tunnel very boring but um <laughs> <laughs> I'm a tunnel walker, not a climber. Extreme tunnels. Yeah, extreme tunneling with Alexandra Haddo on five. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's probably a show. I worked at Channel 5 for a bit as that's, well. That's definitely a show. I worked on at Channel 5 and honestly, I used to play the game of um, sending my friends names of TV shows and they had to work out whether I'd made it up or whether it was an actual one because there was one called Celebrity 5 Go Barging and that was an actual show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wow. joking. I love how this segment is turning into just like Alex's mad jobs. I know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I had a, Which also you know, sounds like a Channel Five show. Do you know, I feel like Miriam Margulies on Graham Norton now. But I was about to say I've had a wank in the shard purely because so I could say that I'd had a wank in the shard. I mean, we've all done that. <laughs> we've all had that thing of like I hate my job and I want to be able to say I wanked here. Yeah, <laughs> I hate it. I hated it. And the toilets were so fancy, and I was like, I'm going to have a wank in the shard. <laughs> Oh, and then use some cow shed hand cream. Yeah, exactly. It just, just smells lovely. Um, sorry, back to back to this guy climbing the shard. So, I, d- I mean, I don't know wh- how these people make money, by the way, because some of them now get sponsored by, I would imagine, quite small brands because you don't want to be like, Sony, encouraging people to fall on others. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it's, really it interesting. It seems like a real monster energy drink type of thing. Mm. Yes, too, very it? Red Bull sort of vibe. Um, yeah. But yeah, this 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 guy, this nineteen year old, had, had planned it for months when he was going to go. He got like the four a.m. train to London Bridge and all this, and they interviewed his mum, and they just said, "Were you aware that he was going to do this or whatever?" Because obviously he did survive. And uh, she went, "Oh, I knew he was he was planning a big climb." And he said, "Do you know? Do you want to know about it?" And I just said, "No." And I just thought, I know that you can't actually do anything, but I just thought that's such a cavalier. Like, I think I get, I think I'm seeing where he gets some of his fearlessness from. Like, I just very strange. No, but I guess he was going to do it. He was, he's 19. He was going to do it whether or not she said. I know, I know. It's just so weird to be like, I'd lock him in his bloody room. But anyway, I was looking at him and I was looking at these people that, um, you know, they free climb up stuff because they've, and then I got into, this is the, the only part that's a bit Caroline, a bit structured. Um, mm-hmm. the the rise in normal climbing mm. like as a hobby yeah. it's everywhere every single man on hinge is on a climbing yes. wall uh, every single and, and that's very male dominated as well I mean a lot of women do it at lower it's more equal at lower level obviously not like scaling the shard but it's it's become a thing and I think it's 
slightly to do with, you know, we're all kind of trying to get back to nature a bit, you know, like mm. free, like wild bathing and stuff like that is coming back. Yes. Yes, you're so right. Yeah. So it was like, like we, we, kind of, we often make fun of the wild swimming women, but you, the, the equivalent of them is the wild climbing. It's the guys. wild climbing men. Yeah. It, it, and I think it's because, you know, it's something that you don't need a lot of stuff to do to do climbing in a, in a you know, in a centre or whatever, obviously. Mm. Um, you can just go, you turn up or whatever. And I think it just makes you feel like you've accomplished something, but it's also kind of a sport. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And men get to feel very manly with it as well. Anyway, I think it's, it's, it's kind of that like back to nature sort of vibe. That's what, because it's a huge thing. I was reading reports on like, you know, it's increased like 2000% or something in the last five years. Blimey. Um, and, it, and, and I can believe it. I mean, everybody seems to go, you know, to a climbing wall or whatever. So anyway, then I started looking at these urban climbers and there's a there's a French guy. You might have seen him. Alain Robert or Alan Robert. Um, <laughs> and he's, you might have seen this guy before. They call him the French Spider-Man. So he's this tiny little man with long hair that only uses like kind of specialist-ish climbing shoes and just a little bag of chalk. That's all oh, he uses. Oh God, is that free mm. free climbing where you don't have ropes? No, no ropes, anything, nothing. He has climbed absolutely everything in the world. So he's the one that I read. He's He started getting sponsored for things. So like the Optimus sponsored legal climb to promote a phone. <laughs> for that, oh, wow. he climbed the Torovasco de Gama in... Lisbon for that for a phone but if he falls <laughs> off and dies like I don't know are people gonna want to buy that phone I mean the guy died for this actually do you know what people die for our phones probably every day anyway yeah oh tangy Hannah Ooh. very tangy had politics and I found this amazing table right of this guy Alan because I, again I was trying to see like what's happened in these people's lives what's the con- connecting thread because mm. it's almost like a compulsion it is very, very obsessive and very, very methodical. Um, and there's this, there's this table um, for Alain Robert because he's sort of one of the most high-profile ones ever. And it's just like uh, all fine, all fine. Arrested, the, arrested at the top. Um, <laughs> arrested on the fortieth floor. Arrested on the fiftieth floor. Arrested. Forty-minute climb. Um, climbed to the ninth floor. Unfurled a hundred-foot banner. Like <laughs> what? <laughs> and one was abandoned halfway due to rain. Oh, arrested wow. and expelled from China. That was a, that was a good one. Um, but yeah, and he anyway because it's illegal, right? Yeah, obviously because you, you could kill people. But mm-hmm. then, mm-hmm. I, so I got onto him. Then I got onto like the one that kind of everybody has seen, which is it's not strictly climbing, but it's the same sort of vein. It's you know, man on wire. That guy, the guy yeah. that did the tightrope between the twin towers. And again. Where do the, where are these people getting the money? Again, it's just rich white blokes that are bored, I think, isn't it? Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. him and his team planned that for months. And then they had to shoot, shoot a metal, a steel uh, rope across between the buildings with a mm. bow and arrow. Mm. I mean, <laughs> I don't understand what these... Like, what is... I want to know if there's any doctors listening, and I'm sure there are thousands. Um <laughs> What does their does their brain just not produce the hormone or the chemical that creates fear, or do they just not care? I have th- I have some theories. Go on, what's I've your been, theory? I've been concocting some theories while you've been talking, and I think it's a twofold thing. Go right? On. I think the f- I think the first thing is 
And it's it's a little bit trite, and I don't want to be one of those people who likes to like make out as if like white men don't have any problems in their life by virtue of being white, because obviously it's a silly thing to say. Yeah. But also, there is a sense I think in like white male culture of because there's less there's less sort of structural barriers in your life, right? Yeah. That like you have to prove that you can do hard things. <laughs> yes. That is really quite pathetic. Yes. <laughs> like just the most. I, the weird thing is, is that like, you know, I have so, you know friends with so many different like boyfriends who do like Tough Mudder or all these things that their girlfriends find fundamentally unsexy and unfit. Yes. But the men are just <laughs> I know. absolutely gung-ho about completing and spending every Saturday morning doing and whatever. It's so true. I've never found one woman that's like, oh, I love trekking out to Stevenage on a Saturday morning. Yeah. <laughs> To watch. I would do that actually. You I know. would. I think I would do a tough, tough matter. No, but I don't. Yeah, yeah you like your like military COVID. fitness and stuff, don't you? Hannah? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'd do it, Hannah. But what I mean is, like, nobody, no woman or like gay man or whatever, like, looks at that and thinks, "Oh, sexy." Do you like, know what I mean? Oh no, no, not remotely. Yeah, lash. <laughs> um, I think the second thing is. You you were saying a minute ago about how you know arrested at the fortieth floor, arrested yeah. at the fiftieth floor. I think it has a lot to do with your relationship to the word arrest. Mm. Yes. Because if you're like if you're a black guy scaling the side of a building, you have a much clearer picture of what's going to happen to you when you get caught. It's yeah. so true. Because I was blank. I was thinking if you know if like this guy wasn't white on the shard, I yeah. you know the thought popped into my head of like there would have been a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Fanfare, I would say. Like, mm, I think someone would have used the T word, basically. Yeah. What's what's the T word? Ter- terrorism. Oh! Sorry. <laughs> Hannah, do you know when you said that? I just went, mm-hmm. And in my head, I was like, taser. <laughs> That's what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, I'm sorry, God, I'll would, try they not taser him off, would they taser him <laughs> off the building? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. If it was anyone who's like, you know color is anything richer than like caster sugar yeah it would have been like oh there's a terrorist on the side of the building there's a terrorist threat at the shard what does this mean for our freedom and safety yeah instead of people like clapping and cheering and then like the security sort of knowing that they can't get to him until he you know until a certain point just sort of stand back and watch or whatever Mm. but that guy that guy did um the guy who climbed the shard got arrested and imprisoned for six months oh really yeah oh wow um And then got an agent as he walked out of... Uh, <laughs> then he got an agent. Uh, yeah, honestly, the agent was waiting for him as he well, came outside prison. And this agent, like, represents loads of these kind of extreme stuntmen, which I think would be a brilliant documentary about their, like, wow, HQ. Yeah. Just like, oh, sorry, we've got Gary on the phone. He's halfway up the Burj Khalifa. Um, <laughs> for, the, for the Samsung Galaxy Note. <laughs> oh my God, like, passing him a McDonald's through the window. <laughs> Yeah, it was like corporate deals by the extreme urban climbers. Yeah, be like, okay, I know it's a Pepsi, but they're the ones we've got the deal with, so... uh... Yeah, (laughs) so you're going to have to do that, I'm afraid. (laughs) Um, Essentially, yes, thank you. Caroline has hit the nail on the head. It's, I think it's bored white men with something to prove. Like, a girl broke their heart in year nine and now they're up the top of the shard. (laughs) I know. I do think as well that there's a certain thing and this is probably an unpopular opinion of like men have been sort of 
socialized for hundreds of years to be in wars and I think that a part of them doesn't know how not to be in a war yes and like sometimes I think that like if we take out the 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 violence of war like the sort of you know literally murdering people in different countries if we take out that element it does make me think maybe every man should have to do a year of national service where he does a lot of military training but then all he does with it is like he like helps pensioners carry their shopping yeah (laughs) i thought you were gonna say so i think every man should have to do a year scaling large buildings (laughs) (laughs) i was like wow yeah i mean they'd all be fit you know They'd all be fit, yeah, I'll leave you with the one sentence that really um, scared me when I was doing all this research. Uh, The guy that uh, did uh, Philippe Petit, which is the guy that did Man on Wire, which always reminds, I always kept singing, I kept singing it like, Philippe Petit, like read Petit. But anyway, um, (laughs) he, um, he had to, when he was doing all of his planning, he had to account for the wind sway of the top of the towers and he had to factor that into how he was going to walk along the rope. And I was like, oh, that is... That, yeah, that has made me a bit sick. Because yeah. like, the thing is, you think of climbing and you're like, you can you can imagine the physical sensation and your muscles sort of like tensing and stuff. Yeah. But the idea that the higher you get, the windier it gets and like, oh, Yeah, because even standing at like the window of one of those buildings sometimes is a bit like, oh, I don't like this. Yeah. Yeah, you can feel like, and you can, you feel like the air pressure as well of like how... Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> oh, awful. Do you know what? I've... None of us have probably been in a tall building for ages, have we? No. That's very true. I can't remember the last time I was in a tall We've building. We've been so low to the ground. <laughs> that old phrase. Because we're like pigs. <laughs> we are pigs. We're pigs on the ground. <laughs> We've done a U-turn. That's it. We're with the urban climbers now. <laughs> God. How, this is the most you've blown my mind since... Um, a few months ago when we did a remote episode and you were like, I've just had my first full period inside my house. So yes. my whole period is in my house. I think I was like, wow. every time I have a period now, I'm like, it's all here. If oh I my God. Taken, if I haven't taken the bin out, it's all here. But it's like, we're so used to dispersing it around the city. Yeah. <laughs> like a dog peeing on posts. Yeah. <laughs> so true. It's so weird. Now I'm going to think about that. I hadn't heard you say that. I can't remember if I said it in an episode or just a... Um... Just a chat. Yeah, maybe just in friendship. I don't know. This is a house of blood. <laughs> this is a house made of blood. Anyway, yeah, bored, bored white men. Tick. So, Caroline, you were going to do your segment on lizards this week, um, but then you had a self-assessment tax nightmare. and uh... <laughs> <laughs> That is... Precisely what happened, Alex. I've been very fascinated <laughs> by the notion of lizards recently. Thought, what a great excuse to really learn everything there is to learn about lizards. Turns out there's more, there's more of a greater need for me to finish my self-assessment form than there was yeah. for me to learn about lizards <laughs> this particular week. So, um, as we all do in a time of crisis, I put the bat signal in the sky and I waited for justice to come to me. And... Uh, and here he is. Here I am is. Justice. Yeah. Welcome, uh, Mr. Roddy Shaw. Hello. Uh, formerly known as the Batman on this podcast, you did a specialist segment which was very popular on bats. 
Thank you very much. When yeah. you, were, you were working for a bat charity at the time, on the I bat helpline. I was. I was working for a bat charity at the time. Um, I now work for a tree charity. Yes. But Ooh. because bats live in trees, I just tell people I've moved into real estate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and also, bats, not great PR since we last met. No, yeah. It's been a good time to get out of the bat game. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah. Buy low, Defin- sell high, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the, the landscape around bats has definitely shifted in the last 12 months. Oh, like, oh, they used to be cute, and now they've not let me get drunk in a pub for yeah. a year. Yeah. So you, you used to be a bat, the bat expert, yeah. and now you're the tree expert. And what, um, what, can you tell me, what business do you have with lizards? What business do I have with lizards? What business do you have, sir? <laughs> I am, yeah, who are you, charlatan? Um, no, I did um, zoology at university, and I've always been fascinated with animals. So I've got some paperwork to say all, all animals, and yeah, I'm delighted to talk about them. Let me tell you a story. So back in November, I moved house. Mm-hmm. And um, my new house is near almost nothing except for <laughs> a extremely well-stocked pet shop. And pet no. shops, being an essential business, uh, have, it, it hasn't closed. So basically, my only entertainment is to um, walk around the park with my dog, go to Sainsbury's, or look at the lizards in the pet shop. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's so good. It's my favourite thing to do. And I've just fallen in love with them. That could only happen to you, Caroline. Like, <laughs> it doesn't happen you, to me. I seek it out. I know, but like, I mean, like, your, your next book's going to be like about a magic pet shop full of lizards. <laughs> I would buy a hundred copies yeah. of a book about a magic pet shop. <laughs> because you you have the Rolodex for the people who want that book as well. So I would need yeah, to exactly. very much. Yeah, exactly. Body's the gateway to that community. You are. Yeah. You exactly. You're the gateway to that community. And I've just seen so many that I think are so cool and smart. And I love them. <laughs> In particular, there's one called an, ear, an earless dragon who I visit as often as I can. He is about the size of like a baby finger. And he is just... The, mo- the dotiest thing in the world. Aww. And he was only like discovered in the 90s or something in Australia. And he's already an endangered species. And it just got me thinking like, Christ, I know nothing about lizards. And then when I looked into lizards, basically like, do you guys know that story about how, um, you know, the, the judge who was trying to define what porn was. And he says, I know it when I'm looking at it kind of thing. It's basically the famous lines. Like, yeah. I, I don't know what it is, but I know it when I see it. Yeah. It, it seems as if lizards are kind of the same. Like there's one, there's no one uniting factor that they all have in common because some of them lay eggs and some of them breed and some of them do this and that. But you know it when you see it. And that seems to be the only rule for lizards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Over to you. Um, over to me. So, yeah, you're dead right. And that's a great like reference to, to kind of launch point for them. They are a bit of a hodgepodge of things that we kind of outwardly look at them and say four legs, scales, <laughs> maybe eggs, who knows? Yeah, and we're yeah. like, that's a lizard. But if you rewind the clock all the way back, because um, I think there was a question about how they might tie in with dinosaurs. That was Hannah's question. Yeah. Yes, I have that on my questions list. Yes, yes. thank you. Thank you for addressing that early. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, it's, a great, it's a great sort of launch point. And it is going to tie in with what Caroline said. So... The closest thing to dinosaurs isn't actually lizards. <gasps> I think I know what it is. Yeah? Birds. It is birds. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So birds. lizards split off from dinosaurs about 250 million years ago. And the group that we call lizards now technically includes snakes as well. 
And crocodiles are nearer the birds, so they're not actually anything really in common there. But they look the same. That's mad. They're just, yeah. they're just scaled up. Yeah. There we go. Put it on the board. <laughs> and tortoises are even kind of further back and more distantly related. So what we call reptiles of turtles, tortoises, lizards, snakes, crocodiles is exactly that kind of bigger picture hodgepodge of things where we're like, mm. if it's scaly, we kind of lump it together. So if we, we're thinking of the lizard group, so we've got all the reptiles, which is this sort of hodgepodge, and within that we've got lizards, which is a smaller hodgepodge, but there are things they have in common, right? right? They are all related. Snakes are within that group and are basically a type which just went off and did its own thing. And what's left is four legs, scales, small. <laughs> yeah, Small-ish. Very, yeah. very nippy. Yeah. Very nippy. But then yeah. you get like Komodo dragons that is like as big as a Labrador, basically. Bigger, yeah. So most of them are small. The smallest lizard is a type of gecko and it is 19 millimetres long, oh. right? So that is like fingernail size. Mm. And it goes right the way up to Komodo dragons, which can be over three metres long. And they can kill a man Blimey. at 30 paces. <laughs> yes, they can. Aren't they the thing? Like, they live in Indonesia, don't they? And they mm-hmm. they have, like, poison saliva. And if, if they poison you, they follow you around until you die or something. Is that <gasps> the, the mythos? They're oh. really evil bastards, aren't they? They're very evil, yes. It's definitely more mythos than fact, um so the no there was the original idea that what they did was that komodo dragons had mouths full of bacteria and they would bite things and it'd go off and kind of rot and then they'd track it down right Mm. what we've since learned is that komodo dragons are actually venomous because before it was thought that only the snakes were venomous that was one of the things that separated the snakes from the lizards right um and the men from the boys yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. So separating the men from the boys and the snakes from the lizards. Exactly. <laughs> so we've since found out that there are plenty lizards which do have venom in them. And again, if we go back to that kind of genetic, what ties things together, it could be one of the things that links snakes and lizards is that way back in their history, something was venomous. Snakes really rolled with that idea. And then only some lizards kind of stuck with it. So that idea of the bacteria infecting things with Komodo dragons, they've got venom in their bite, but what they think is on the island that they live, the island of Komodo, they've got water buffalo, and they'll bite a water buffalo. And if it were to survive, because they can take them out straight away if they want to, but if it were to survive, what the water buffalo might do is go and kind of hang around in a pool of water. It just wants to hide, it's been bitten, it wants to chill out somewhere. But of course, imagine if you were in somewhere very hot and humid, and you had a gaping wound on your oh, leg, yeah. and you decided mm. the place to go was some stagnant water <laughs> full oh, of yeah. shit. <laughs> oh. yeah. And that is where the overlap, they think now, is that oh. once something is bitten and it goes off, it goes and gets infected and ends up with these horrible wounds. The infection doesn't start with the Komodo dragon, but the Komodo dragon can oh. deal with it once it goes to eat the carrion. Okay, Someone needs to get those water buffaloes and Dettol. They yeah. do. They would like change yeah. the whole ecosystem. Also, Komodo dragons famously just wear silk dressing gowns, don't they? Exclusively, <laughs> yeah. Um, but only for ceremonies. It's yes. not everyday wear. Yeah, not everyday wear. <laughs> no, just Komodo weddings. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> or if they have a suitor over. <laughs> yeah, Komodo bank holidays. <laughs> 
but going on from that, with the with the infect, once they've found this infected meat, they need a way to deal with it. So, and um, we're sort of hitting the ground running, pinging all over the place. But <laughs> there used to be this idea, you know, protect the rainforest because the plants are where we get medicines, right? Sure. What they're finding out now is that so many different animals have weird things going on. We might be able to use them. So if Komodo dragons are able to eat this meat once it's been infected and wallowing, what's going on there? And they're finding that there are proteins in the Komodo dragon system, in their digestive system, which can deal with bacteria in ways that like none of our kind of bacteria resistant medicine can, right? They can just beat hands down flattened bacterial infections. And the researchers studying this have just called the protein Dragon One, <laughs> wow. which I love. <laughs> yeah, if they were to announce, you know, some new super yeah. medicine which is going to save the NHS or whatever from MRSA. Imagine if it? Komodo dragons finish what bats started. <laughs> yeah, it all, it all comes full circle. That's like the best B movie ever, isn't it? Like Sharknado yeah. or something. Yeah. Komodo versus bat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So Once good. the snakes were separated from the lizards, yeah. <laughs> the Komodo dragons finished what the bats had started. I have a question about chameleons. Yeah. They're a lizard, right? Yep. How how does their skin physically change? Like how does that how it's how is it that they see something and then their body knows what to change into? Okay. So two things there. One very common misconception that they do it to blend in with their environment. Oh. What they do it for in like 99% of cases because at the end of the day if you're going if you're green you're going to look like a leaf, right? Yeah. But why they actually sort of change it is kind of emotional mood. <gasps> so when they're ang- mm. when they're angry They're a mood ring. Yes, they are. Mood ring of the forest. Wow. Um so when they're angry they go very dark. So males will use it to kind of display against each other and say you know, I mean, what would be great is if they could kind of change the colour to... Act. They're basically changing the colour to read fuck you, right? right? <laughs> yeah. The fun thing about that is when they sleep... So chameleon uh, feet... If you imagine most lizards have a foot kind of like a hand in as much as it's just Ooh, like yeah. fingers splaying out, Creepy. right? Chameleon feet have... Um, <gasps> imagine your, your pointer finger was the same side as your thumb. Yes. And then your thumb and that were fused and your other three fingers were fused. And it's like a pincer. Yes, so They've yes. got a little pincer hand, right? Which is why everything is A-OK for chameleons. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but what the pincer hand does is if you've just got a flat hand with claws, you can't really stand on like the tiny thin branches. Mm. But because chameleons have pincer hands, they can like pince really thin things to mm. walk on. Mm. So... They're the circus lizard. They are the circus lizard. But this ties in with the colour thing and also is when I drop a really wanky anecdote of when I was working in Madagascar. (laughs) (laughs) Roddy is Nessa from Gavin and Stacey, by the way, because he'll be like, well, I was working in... (laughs) Yeah. But when you want to find chameleons, in the day, it's bloody impossible, right? But they sleep... They climb all the way out to the tiniest, thinnest branches because nothing else can get there because they don't have the pincy hands to catch them. And when they fall asleep, they must forget what colour setting they're on because they just turn white. (gasps) So when you're looking for them, you go through the forest at night with a torch and at the end of all the branches are just little white sleeping chameleons. Oh, my God. Folded up and you can just pick them up. So back on the lizard as pets thing. Yep. How do you... (laughs) <laughs> let me, let me just say. Vested interest. Um, 
obviously like animals that have been domesticated for a long time like cats mm-hmm. and dogs and stuff rightly or wrongly we're able to kind of ascribe to them a kind of a human emotion like loyalty or joy or fear mm-hmm. and we can sort of read those emotions really easily in those animals right mm-hmm. but like when a lizard is a pet is it domestic in any way or is it just like does it have any sense of it being in an owned relationship the way i don't know i don't know exactly what i'm saying but is there any way in which a lizard can be a dog is it your friend is it your friend <laughs> Is, yes, Hama, as always, cutting to the chase. Is it your friend or is it just like, oh, there's the big dark shadow coming near me again kind of thing? Well, the big dark shadow brings it food. Yeah. Um. So there's that side. The other side is they're pretty dumb. Like in That's the setting. in the kind of animal, yeah. you know, if you've got dolphins at the top and wood lice at the bottom, lizards aren't, in the, lizards aren't in the top tier. They're right. pretty dumb. So they'd have a But, nice like, time. that's not, you know, like, God bless them. They're just happy to get a cricket, you know, <laughs> <laughs> have a bit of lettuce from time to time. I mean, it's a very simple life, you know. Yeah, do they... Do they they're not worried eat? about tax returns, you yeah. know. They're just chilling out, Lucky happy cuts. to be warm, getting a bit of food. I have um, uh, an important question. Mm-hmm. What, in your opinion, is the best lizard? And yeah. why is that little geckos that you see when you're in holiday in Greece... And they're just like scurrying along the terrace. It was 100% going to be geckos before you even said it. So, yeah, correct. Um, geckos are over-engineered in a way that is insane. The way that geckos stick to surfaces is pretty much unlike anything. It's not how like spiders do it. It's not how anything else does it. On the end of a gecko's foot, they've got, I don't know if you've ever seen them, but their toes get quite fat, right? They've got Fat little toes. And yeah. on the They've got un- like suction cups, right? Like uh, like Mission Impossible. Oh, even better. Even better. Oh. Like frogs, I'm pretty sure frogs suction to things. There's a type of bat called the sucker and it's got a tiny little suction cup on the end of its wing and it can stick to things. Geckos take it to a whole other level, right? On the end of each toe, they've got these sh- um, kind of like sheets. Like imagine, you know, like... um. You ever seen those like plastic wallets that you kind of open up and they've got loads of oh yeah like, yeah yeah so that kind of thing which is sheet 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 right on the end of their toe and on the end of each sheet it goes into hairs and on the end of each hair it goes into hairs right down to the level that the hairs are so small they are connecting to the molecular forces <gasps> of the molecules that make up the wall right what so. Whether or not it's wet, like, you need wet to be suction, right? So they can walk on something bone dry. A gecko could stick to, like, the outside of the space station just (laughs) as good as it could stick to something. Like, it is bonkers. It's bonkers to the point that the forces which it makes, that a, a tiny gecko that weighs, like, 70 grams, which is, like, what? Like, three tablespoons or something. Like, tiny, tiny has enough strength in one of its toes to lift something like 130 kilos, right? It is bonkers level. What? Over-engineered. Geckos are great. They are great. They can drop their... Well, lots of lizards can do this, but geckos are pretty good at it. They can drop their tail and regrow their tail. (gasps) And the tail will wriggle around and they get to run away and then they can regrow it. Oh, Oh, my God. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So they've got like vertebrae going down their tail and then at one point in it they can just say nope we're done cut it get rid of it and it Ooh. it's really like i've caught them and you go and grab them and you have to learn to not grab them by the tail because 
they were and it's yeah it does fuck you up you like grab it and then it's like ah it's a oh man yeah oh. um, and then you just got like a wriggly tail yeah and it and yeah. it wriggles around for a oh, bit but it doesn't but it doesn't it doesn't bleed it doesn't there's no blood they just like boom done gone wow wow and in an instant yeah why does it poo not out of its tail <laughs> but then does it have like two bum holes until it grows back no the bum's at the base of the tail and then the tail comes imagine a monkey or a cat uh, or anything with one a tail yeah. <laughs> yeah. what shit's out of its tail <laughs> no 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 but I just mean it's, it'll look like it's got two bum holes it'll look no, like one not. bum That's hole and half meant. a tail oh it's not like a tail at the base no, it's midway down right, the tail. I'm with right, you. okay. <laughs> Finally, it makes Sorry, some I sense. I thought it was just like left a gaping ass wound and then above its ass. <laughs> no, it, it retains like half a tail. Okay, yeah. okay. I'm with you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I have a final question about dragons. Mm-hmm. What? And by not, I don't mean Komodo dragons, I mean like old school magical fantasy dragons. Like yep. fire. Body's literally. Turning his notes. Wings. <laughs> or everything you imagine when you imagine dragons. Um, why don't we have them, A? And two, uh, why did we <laughs> once think we had them? Like, because there was a time, I did this in my English ma- uh, master's where it was like, master's? I did a BA. Um, <laughs> I just lied to myself out loud about having a master's. Where, like, for up until, like, the 15th century, people were writing about dragons as if they were this thing that existed they just had never seen. Yeah. Like in Beowulf, there's a big old dragon in Beowulf, isn't there? Yes, yeah. there is, yeah. I mean, most people up to the 15th century were pretty dumb um, <laughs> and didn't know about dinosaurs, but occasionally found a bit of a dinosaur and would be like, wonder what this is? And they'd come up with stuff like that. Is my guess on how dinosaur, um, dinosaur on how dragon legends came about. Mm-hmm. But, and I did turn my page because I learned something that mm-hmm. I didn't know, but about kind of lizards and different folklores around the world and they pop up places that have them uh you know more than us they're a much more integral part of the kind of culture right so the aborigines they believe that the lizard god is what split humans into males and females oh in the amazon the lizard is the king of the beasts so it's not the lion it's the lizard oh but the one i like the best is in the bantu people of africa their lizard god called uncle uncleu lovely right so this god sent a chameleon to tell humans they would live to get live forever, but the chameleon got held up on the way and we never received the message. Got held up. Yeah. Held up. <laughs> I know. Which when I was reading it and I'm like, oh, chameleon, and then I see the word send chameleon to deliver a message, and I saw but and I went, Oh, and the chameleon disguised and we never yeah. got it. No, yeah. chameleon just got held up somewhere. Just held up at the border. <laughs> yeah. he, just did that, he did that yeah. classic thing where he got into the town where he's going to deliver his message, saw a pub and thought, I'll just nip in for one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. I did that thing where he was like, I've got to... Why am I... What's the thing? Who's the, the, the guy? You're going to live... People... Nah. nah, yeah, figure it out. I'll live here now, by the yeah. sea. <laughs> <laughs> I will retire yeah. with my etchings. <laughs> my etchings! Final, final question. Are the royal family lizards? Yep. Finn. <laughs> Conclusively. <laughs> oh, this has been quite a tale. That was a lovely section. Yeah. I've, I've learned so much. Thank you for, um, 
furnishing my, my Lizzie fascination. I yeah, want to say that I'd do more reading after this, but this is probably as far as it'll go. Are you going to get a pet lizard? No. I don't think the dog will take to it. <laughs> oh. Oh, right. It was great. Yeah. That was really Yeah, good, thank pal. you. Thank you for uh, enlightening us. You Smart. are pound for pound our best value guest. You really are. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, also, Roddy has a new podcast coming out soon. Do you? Yes, about nature things. Can you tell us about the the goose concept behind the podcast? Yeah, so the podcast is called How Many Geese. It's me and my friend who is an ornithologist. And if you want an episode on birds, like I'm risking myself here at your most pound for pound interesting guest because he can he can do birds. Um, and <laughs> oh, the podcast is yeah, I know. Um, and uh, yeah, it's called How Many Geese. It's going to be sort of fun nature stuff um but with the the key bit of each episode we're going to pick an animal and work out how many of those we reckon we could take in a fight <laughs> <laughs> love it that is class i can't wait to listen to that hey i'm ryan reynolds at Mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with quince go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365 day returns Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So, Hannah, you're doing the smart lesson this week uh, for new listeners in the new world. Uh, the smart lesson is where we take a topic, try to learn about it and try and become better women. Uh, we learn a new skill or, for instance, how to have some. That was a previous smart lesson that we did. That's, uh, not, that's my all time favourite smart lesson. Yeah. It was excellent. Yeah. Um, and this time you're doing it on another sort of uh, retro hobby, Hannah, something which I bought all the tools for exactly 10 years ago. And the stuff is still <laughs> under my bed because I'm still <laughs> persuading myself that I'm going to be the type of person who knits. Yes, this is a smart lesson, as you said, on knitting or maybe broadening it out, taking up a new hobby, um, a.k.a. the Smart Women's Guide to how to feel like you're doing something new or something like anything, literally anything in your life has changed, at least in some minor way, in the last, what are we at, 10 months? Yes. (sighs) That was the sound of me blowing my brains out. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, Because... I remember last April in episode 66, Are My Balls Bigger Than a Chinese Hamster's? (laughs) Um, A classic. 
a classic. We did a smart lesson on how to stay useless during the pandemic, and we made all these jokes about how we were better than everyone else because we're not. We weren't making banana bread, and we weren't taking up musical instruments. And we were like, uh... ha ha ha! No, I don't have any new hobbies. Ha ha ha! And it was. I'm sorry. It was just so short-sighted of us. I know. We're yeah. idiots. And, and, yeah. and it's not because we should be using this time to better ourselves. Because I still don't believe that we should be. Um, I, I still think we should probably just be getting worse. That's fine. Yeah. But it's just because with a new hobby, you can bring novelty into your life. Oh. And like, there's, we have no novelty at the moment, do we? Apart from maybe when it snowed in London. That was nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A great day for us all. I've just created novelty by like denying myself things and then having them again after a time. Because you did dry January? Yeah. Did it work? Um, I mean... I think by like day 30, my face was like 5% less puffy and that was it. So That's good. Caroline, what was your last thing that was novel? Well, I did try briefly for about two evenings in a row to do a like crochet thing. Oh, yeah. Because that's, I think like, I think knitting was very 2010, wasn't it? And then it kind of yes. comes in and out every now and then. But now it's all about the ironic cross stitch, I believe. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, <laughs> the cross stitch that says fuck off or something. Yeah, oh. or like, look how many fucks I don't give or something. It's like, well, you gave enough fucks to fucking sew that. Yes. <laughs> God, I hate being white. <laughs> I hate being white. Give me anything else. <laughs> Um, but no, yeah, it was, um, so yeah, a little thing that somebody had gifted me or whatever that was like, um, like a, a wool crochet thing. And it was like, the packaging on it was very, oh, this is the easiest thing you could possibly do. This is a great place to start. It's, you know, it's not even proper cross stitch. It's like a baby version of cross stitch. And I still found it so hard and so, and like not relaxing at all. Oh, really? And I really love the idea of like, cause as same with you guys, you know, I want to be able to watch things. Like, I want to watch I May Destroy You or, like, all these great things that are on at the moment that people are loving. And I just... Unless it's, like, fucking watching the same sex episode of Sex and City over and over again. Yeah. I, I just can't concentrate in the same way. Like, I'm constantly scrolling. I'm not engaging. And I was like, okay, if I have this thing I'm knitting at the same time or crocheting, maybe it'll be, like soothing or relaxing maybe i'll be a different person (laughs) maybe i'll be an entirely different person and i just could not get the hang of it i couldn't figure it out i watched so many youtube videos of like texan primary school teachers talking me through it and i just started crying and i hated it (laughs) well i think i think that's that's really what i've learned about knitting because like i mean spoiler i'm probably not going to talk you through how knitting works it's fucking complicated there's so much to think about there's like you don't just get wool and then kind of start. Like, you have to get a specific type of wool. You have to decide what you're making, which I, believe it or not, I hadn't really thought about. I was just like, I'm going to knit. What am I going to knit? Doesn't matter. Yeah, you just, wanted to, you just wanted to do the motion, right? The relaxing, <laughs> exactly. nice motion. Exactly. And then, um, but then you also, the needles, there's different sizes of needles for, for like how big you want your stitches to be. That's mm-hmm, mad. Mm-hmm. But um, basically what I did, yeah, my, my grandma used to knit. And so her knitting stuff, um, I mean, she's she's dead now, but it's at my parents' house. So I went and picked it up in a distanced manner before you ask. Of course. And, um, and kind of just like launched myself at it and started a scarf because I'd knit a scarf once 15 years ago with my mum and was like, that was fine, wasn't it? <laughs> Turns out my mum did all the hard bits. Yeah. I didn't, didn't, you know, really clock that at the time. <laughs> 
Yeah, um, they start it off for you, and then you just do the sort of bulk. But yeah, so I, I began a scarf, and it was a it was a just a catastrophe, like absolute wool and vomit. <laughs> Why don't you just do like faux knitting? Why don't you just hold the needles and make the movements and click them together? Yeah, maybe. maybe yeah. But basically, after that, after after I, I tried two different. The, I mean, the good thing I have to say, the good thing about knitting is that you it, it doesn't like not together so if you want to take it all to pieces you just pull and keep pulling and it all comes apart it's amazing but also makes me scared for any knitted jumper that i have but like <laughs> genuinely you just you just you just could Sudden, cut one bit and it would all fall to pieces i snagged it in little and suddenly i was nude yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly um, did you like how are you guys with like can you sew a stitch can you thread a needle like can you do yeah. your own hands? Yeah, ba- yeah, basic stuff, yeah. Oh, see, I couldn't even do that, like, at all. Like, I've never, like, replaced my own button. Really? We had to t- we had a textiles class in school, but also my mum's quite into, like, um, knitting and sewing. She used to have a loom. Can you believe that? She used to have a loom. Oh, yeah. Looming is back. Is it? L- looming is looming. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I read looming it I read it in the Sunday Times style, which means it's true. <laughs> looming is looming. I just oh, my God. Yeah, which the Sunday Times style, that sort of hot or not list that seems entirely randomly assigned. Correct. Which I enjoy every week. <laughs> oh, I love it. I feel like they just spin a wheel and they're like, nude lips and Kim Jong-un. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally like if five rich people in the Cotswolds have all done something, it's like, it's hot. Everyone's doing it. <laughs> yeah, everyone's doing it. Anyway, yeah. Yes. The, what I've knitted so far, basically, I've knitted three bookmarks, which were all like hysterically ugly. And um, I've started to try to knit a baby hat for my friend who's who's going to have a baby. And Ella, if you're listening... That doesn't mean that you can expect the baby hat to arrive because it's almost definitely going to implode uh, between now and the time that it's it's finished, if it even gets finished. But like my my sort of my main point of this, I guess, is that like knitting hasn't saved me. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Like it's not that stressful. I find it quite stressful actually. It's not stress reducing. I can't, you know, all the sort of meditative like benefits are vastly overstated. Um, you also have to look at it the whole time you're doing it. Whereas in in I feel like in film and TV, no one ever looks at their knitting. They're just yeah. having, they're having a chat by the fire, sitting on their little stool, and like they're not looking at their knitting. They're having like a full sort of eye contact conversation with someone. You're totally right. It's always this woman like telling a long story and you could like, basically her hands are moving independently of her Yes, mad. very much the Michael Flatley of the hands. Yes, yes. <laughs> very that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it didn't, it didn't make everything better. It is probably better than taking another walk. Um, and it's probably better than starting Duolingo for the fourth time, which I also did. God, that owl needs to fuck off. I know, it's slug. Yeah, but, um, you know, I think basically our lives are just going to lack novelty. You know, I, I I just think there's no, this is like a drip in the ocean of like my lack of novelty. Basically. Yeah. I th- do you know, I think what's going to happen next, and I'm hoping to get on this quite soon because the weather is brightening up. Mm-hmm. Roller skates slash roller blades. Yes. Yes. I think yeah. they are. Yeah. I think that could, yeah, I, I'm definitely noticing a lot of like grown women with beautiful like Barbie roller skates, mm. lovely. Um, which I'm desperate to get my hands on. So I think that that could be cool and fun. And it's it's like walking, but gliding. Yes. Um, better. But how, I have a question for both of you. Actually, re the knitting and sewing conversation. Mm. 
which is like, I think there's this weird thing that goes on and maybe it's like a phase that women, like women as a category sort of go through where it's like, you reject that kind of textile work because it feels like the enslavement of your ancestors, right? Yeah, yeah. And like, it feels like, oh, like the most uncool, unsexy, unliberated, unfeminist thing you could possibly be doing. Mm. And so you shun those things, particularly as a young woman, because you don't want to be associated with that kind of thing. Yeah. And then suddenly you're 30, you can't cook, you don't know how to like wash a Venetian blind. Yes. You can't, sew. <laughs> you can't do any fucking thing. And like, you're like, oh, wow, I decided to make myself virtually useless in the name of feminism. <laughs> yeah, agreed. But I can read a book about a sad woman that overcame something. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's I, I it's so weird because like in, in our efforts to make ourselves like less dependent on men, we've made ourselves less self-sufficient. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. I've, I feel like I've this camera's just zoomed in on my face. <laughs> and instead, oh, no. we just we just YouTube something and it's always men doing it. It's always the always! man that's yeah. changing the light bulb in the oh oven. Oh, my God. Always. Also, I bang on about like I'm always banging on about like, you know, modern uh, stereo- like there shouldn't be test stereotypes and gender stereotypes and all that and honestly if a man can't do DIY I can't fuck him <laughs> like that's wow. I'm just like no Big sorry talk. that is such a turn off like <laughs> oh my god do you know, I'll, I'll do you one worse than that like I can't drive but if a man can't drive I think he's like a lady <laughs> <laughs> me too I can't drive and I think that as well <laughs> Even though my ex-boyfriend used to have to look, be like, I'll have to give you a lift everywhere. <laughs> my God. I actually, I never fancy Gavin more than when we're on holidays and he's in a rental car. Yes. And I'm just like, I'm a stupid little girl and yeah. I can't drive. <laughs> I know, it's so hot. I'm just I'm dissecting. My ex-boyfriend had a van and owned a drill and I think that was my main attraction to him. <laughs> wow. I mean, let men be men. Let men know? be men. <laughs> But then if he said anything like even remotely old fashioned, yeah. I'd be like even suggest that you make him a macaroni and cheese. Yeah. Like, I'd be like, fuck you. off. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. We will eat yeah. something oh. horrible because I cannot cook. Yeah. <laughs> because of the fight. <laughs> because of the fight for my liberation. <laughs> oh, I hit myself. I'm, I'm I'm gonna finally start knitting this week and I'm gonna post it on the Dumb Women Instagram. Do you know yeah. what? I just, if you want, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not, I can't really encourage it. To be honest with you, for no. people listening in 2050, and you're you're studying the the, the pandemic in your history homework, month ten is where we lost all enthusiasm for anything. <laughs> anything <at> yeah, all. <laughs> yeah, and and all hobbies. I just feel like all hobbies are gonna go absolutely like tanking in the i don't know footsie 100 of hobbies as soon as we can go to the pub again oh yeah we're just gonna oh, be yeah. drunk for eight years and everything the, the economy is gonna be like ready to perk back up again and we're just gonna be like oh we don't give a shit whatever <laughs> invest in beer beer and and restaurants just i would just want i just want to point at something and for someone to bring it over to me and for me to look nice. Doesn't matter what it is, a hat, an eclair, yeah. anything. <laughs> I'd love a hat and an eclair right now. <laughs> That's all for this week. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, you can hear more by searching School for Dumb Women on your favourite podcast app and following us on the usual social media platforms at Dumb Women Pod. 
You can also hear us on Soho Radio on the Culture Channel. Thanks to Gavin Day for our artwork, Harry Harris for our jingles, and Soho Radio Studios. Goodbye. See you next time. Tira. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.